Welcome to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing Michael Levitt. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. So, Michael, I, d- I didn't even realize that burnout was such a major problem. Uh, especially, you know, people, most people are in the workforce, but the World Health Organization, uh, you know, recognize it as, you know, uh, a major thing as well. It has been a problem for a long time. And I own a book um, that was actually published in 1980 titled Burnout. Um, So burnout is not new. It's been around for decades and possibly even centuries. And of course, it wasn't identified as burnout way back when. But, you know, over the last, you know, 10 years, 10 to 20 years anyway, it's been increasing in nature. And a lot of it came about because the lines of working after hours uh, and on weekends started getting blurred when computers and smartphones and all of that started being used so you could access your work anywhere before all your work files and everything were at your desk so unless you worked late in the hours as soon as you left the office building you couldn't work anymore well now uh, with remote work and especially working from home uh, during the pandemic uh, you can work anywhere which has a positive thing to it and quite frankly a very negative thing to it as well because it blurs the lines around when you're to work and when you're not to work. And that's one of the things that we've been seeing during this pandemic is, you know, the big increase in burnout cases of people that are working remotely. And when I first had the, you know, when the pandemic first started, my initial thought was, okay, people are going to start working a little bit less because they're going to be working from home. It's going to be a little bit more laid back. They're going to be able to relax a little bit and not be stressed. But uh, I was dead wrong on that because on average, Americans are working 20% more hours than they were before the pandemic started. And I thought, how in the world did that happen? And most of the cases has been a combination of a couple things. Number one, people traded their commute time to work. So instead of getting up in the morning, getting cleaned up, getting dressed, making coffee, you know, commuting to work, and then getting in the office and working all day and then leaving and all of that, our commutes have gone from you know, however long it takes us to drive or get to work with transit to our commute is from our bedroom to our couch or to our office desk or to our kitchen table or wherever. And that's where the extra couple hours a day added up because people just wake up and they just start working. And so many people, unfortunately, had to become full-time school teachers as well because their children were home because of remote learning. And for many people, the hours of your kids being in school coincides with when you were at the office. So it's a little bit difficult to do your work, but also make sure that your kids are actually doing schoolwork and not playing an online game or on their PlayStation or Xbox. So a lot of distractions have been thrown into the mix as well, which, of course, takes you longer to be able to do the work that you need to do, which has extended a lot of people's work days. Yeah, that was going to, that's one of my questions, like, since we are working longer, uh, people are working much longer because uh, no commute time, and just from their bedroom into the living room or wherever they begin their work day, are we actually accomplishing more work or getting more work done? No, no, we're not even getting close to it because... The problem with the type of work that so many people do is we get inundated with interruptions throughout our days, whether it's our managers requesting another Zoom call or text messages or emails or your kids asking for something or your spouse or partner is interrupting you about something. We don't get an opportunity to do what Cal Newport wrote in his book called Deep Work. We don't get to do deep work. We don't get to deeply focus on one thing and put all the other distractions away from us. And it takes typically anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes to get your brain back into the swing of what you were working on every time you get interrupted. Now, if you get interrupted 20 or 30 times a day, 
no wonder you're not getting anything done because you're constantly getting interrupted. And that's been a big challenge, especially in this working from home environment. And if there's more people there, you may not have the ability to close a door and say, I'm working, don't bug me type of thing. Um, or, you know, if you're in a condo or an apartment building, you're in, a, in, a, in an apartment, you're not, you don't have those rooms like you used to in an office. So a lot of people need to establish some boundaries around when they can be interrupted. And it's difficult, especially if you have kids, you know, your kids are like, what do you mean? I can't talk to your mom right now. That's weird. You know, normally they get to, but um, a lot of kids don't understand, you know, work mom or work dad has different responsibilities than at home mom or at home dad. And that's been a big challenge for a lot of people. So the average, you know, work productivity has been decreasing over years. So in an eight hour work period, and this was before the pandemic, it was less than four hours a day of actual productivity from an employee. So that means half of the day is lost productivity due to interruptions, waiting for things, not having thing, you know, systems in place for all the information or the tools that they need to work on, what they need to work on, follow-ups and all of that. So that, you know, takes away from getting things done. And, you know, that number continues to drop. And what happens is, you know, people are, you know, working more to try to get caught up on things, but if they're constantly getting interrupted, uh, it's taking them a lot longer to do some things, which impacts productivity and also the quality of work. Wow. Yeah. I'd, um, it definitely affects us, um, all of the stop and starts. Um, so how can people, what are some things that people should recognize to let them know they may be burnt out, burnout, rather they have this burnout? Some common signs that I see with people and even in my own burnout journey, this was an issue too, is one, are you sleeping well? You know, how's your sleep been? Uh, if you're not sleeping well, um, that takes a big toll on your body, not only mentally, but physically, uh, because we do a lot of damage to our bodies on a daily basis, no matter how healthy we live and we can eat really healthy and get all kinds of exercise and, and be a real healthy human being we still do damage to ourselves on a daily basis from the foods that we eat, the air we breathe, uh, as well as the information we consume. Uh, it, there's been no shortage of negativity in the news um, for quite some time, you know, not just in the last year because of the pandemic or the U.S. presidential elections or other things that are going on. There's a lot of negativity and a lot of people consume a lot of news, which means they're consuming a lot of negativity. And negativity causes internal stress in your body when you sleep and you get real good deep sleep. That's when your body's repairing the damage that we do to ourselves and re you know, repairing the damage that the stress does. So the next day you're refreshed and you're able to go back at it and, and be productive. But if you're not getting good sleep and you're tossing and turning all night, then your body's not getting opportunities to repair the damage. So today's damage gets piled onto tomorrow's damage. And then if you're not sleeping for a long time, it continues to pile up. And as I said, it, that can take a, a mental and a physical toll on you. Uh, and it's uh, not something you want to mess around with. Yeah. And, and another sign too is if you are, and I see this a lot with people that are burned out, uh, they stop doing things that they enjoy doing. And they blame not having enough time because of work or whatever else, or they just don't feel like it. That's a big warning sign. If there's things that you normally like to do and you stop doing them, uh, not just because of the pandemic, because a lot of things have been closed, but there's still things that we can do uh, during this pandemic. If you stop doing those things, then it's definitely a concern because in order to keep stress at bay and prevent burnout from happening in your lives, you have to mix up your life a little bit. Don't be all work. You do things you like doing. And it could be all kinds of different things, whether it's reading a book or going on nature trail hikes or going shopping or swimming or watching Netflix or watching a sporting event or listening to your favorite music. That's all what I call self-care. Those are things that you enjoy doing. That's taking care of yourself by really, you know, what's what I'm looking for? you're really trying to take care of yourself by consuming things that you enjoy. 
and doing things that you enjoy. And when people are burned out, they often cut those things out because uh, they're too fatigued and too tired to enjoy them. So who generally um, uh, figures out or figures out when someone is burned, burned out? Is it the individual themselves or is it people who are in close proximity to them, like family members or friends? It typically is people, you know, family, friends, coworkers, uh, maybe bosses. A lot of times it takes, it takes effort and you have to have an understanding what burnout is to identify as being burned out. When I had my burnout back in 2009, uh, I didn't recognize it. I was the last person on the planet to know about it. Everyone else did. And I asked them, well, why didn't you tell me? And they said, we tried, but you wouldn't listen. Uh, and that's another sign of burnout is if you won't listen to people and you're irritable all the time and you'll say, well, I'm just going to work through this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I, I just a bad period. I'll get through this. It's not the approach to take. Um, a lot of people say, well, I'll just work harder to get through it. No, you need to actually work less. You need to work smarter and take a step back. And when you do that, that's when you can start identifying some bad habits and, and beliefs and thought patterns that create the scenarios for you to burn out. Yeah. So, um, you know, yeah. So why don't, why do you believe people don't recognize it? You know, the individuals don't recognize it themselves. A lot of it has to do with, you know, what's their motivation. Um, and I, I tell this, phrase to people and they get mad at me at first, but then they understand where I'm coming from. When I say burnout is a choice. Now, no one chooses to burn out. No one says, okay, what am I going to do in 2021? I think I'm going to burn out. No one chooses that, but their choices, their behaviors, their habits, their thought patterns create scenarios that can be stressful and prolonged stress turns into burnout. When people burn out, and it happens to every individual, every race, every level of work, education, you name it. There's a lot of you know different people that burn out. But a common theme that I see is people that are driven, you know, type A personalities, you know, trying to do the best. Sometimes it's people that have overcommitted themselves in, let's say, a financial situation where they have a mortgage payment that they really can't afford but they were able to get the mortgage and they have to work in this difficult work environment, working long hours in order to make the mortgage payment or to live in the town that they want to live in or to cover all the expenses for their kids. You know, I, I know, you know, plenty of people, you know, they want to have the best lives for their kids. So they, you know, they enroll their kids in softball programs and they drive them all over the state and, do all these different things you know, for the kids, which is noble. I'm not saying it's not right to do, but you have to look at, okay, what, what is that doing to you as a parent? You know, how is that impacting you? Real quick story. This was um, a little over a year ago before the pandemic. I was taking bass guitar lessons and I was at the local music shop just around the corner from me. And I'm there waiting you know, for, my, for my turn. And there was a dad that was in there that had his son in there. And the dad was a business guy, I could tell, um, and was on his phone a lot. And it looks like he was doing some business transactions or emails or whatnot. And he was in between these emails, was talking to the office manager of this um, music shop to try to line up his son's next lessons because his son had guitar lessons, but also piano lessons at this music shop. And he's saying, well, no, we can't do it that day because the boy has swimming lessons that day. No, nope, he can't do it that day because he's got basketball practice. No, nope, he can't do it this day because he's doing there. So this dad, and, his, and I'm assuming the mom's around because he said, you know, mom will be picking him up tomorrow, has this boy every night of the week doing something. And... A lot of parents think, well, that's, that's good. You want a well-rounded child. You're overloading the kid, and you're also driving all over the country or the state or wherever to drop this kid off at all this time. Kid's not getting any time with dad or mom. 
He's just getting bounced around to different types of babysitters. One's called a swimming instructor. One's called a musician. One's called a basketball coach and all of that. I see that a lot with parents who are like, okay, I'm going to do all this and this and got to go around and they're, they're trying to coordinate what time do you got to pick it up? It's like, we got 12 minutes in order to do this and then this and this, and they've overloaded their schedules and they're wondering why they crash in bed and then they can't sleep because they've been going full tilt. They don't have time in their schedule where they're not doing anything. And a lot of people that have past traumas or maybe didn't have the best childhood or broken relationships or whatnot, they tend to overload their schedules because they don't want to deal with those thoughts. Because when you sit and you're quiet and nothing's going on, you don't have the television on or music or radio or anything like that, and you're sitting at home or even in your car in a quiet space, for some people that is a very scary thing because the demons that are in their head you know, like to bring up the past traumas and things and self-doubt and all of those other things. And that stresses them out even more. So what they do is they try to run from it by overloading and overcommitting to things, which will burn them out because they're overcommitting to things. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to comment so much on the, the dad in that equation, but he was definitely overweight. Um, and I'm sure if he doesn't know it, he probably is dealing with high blood pressure and hypertension probably has a cholesterol issue because if he's running around all these things, he's not taking the time to sit down and eat a nutritious meal. He's probably doing what I did years ago in ordering food through a speaker and paying for it and getting handed a brown bag and, and inhaling it on his drive from one commitment to the next. So I see that a lot with people and that's not a way to live. It's a dangerous way to live, quite frankly. And all those things that I just said are great. There's nothing wrong with wanting your kid to learn how to play musical instrument or play basketball and be athletic and, and active. But you can't do it all because you're going to stress the kid out because they're not going to have time to just relax and rest and play and be creative. And it's, it's creating future problems for our next generation because they've been overcommitted and overstimulated so much on things that when they do have that quiet time, they're not going to know what to do. And I see it time and time again with, you know, the millennial generation for sure. And even, you know, the next generation after that, they've been overstimulated and constantly doing things when they can't do something. It's difficult for them. And this pandemic has brought it to light because there's been a lot of people that have been sitting around and they haven't been able to do as much as they used to because, a lot of things were closed or we were in a lockdown and it's causing a lot of stress because these people don't know how to relax. They don't know how to just sit and, and stare at a wall and, and think about things without obviously judgment and negative thoughts and all that kind of stuff that impacts so many people. Yeah. This it's like when you were talking, I thought about, you know, people not dealing with those, demons or those traumas that they've experienced in their lives and they're trying to drown it out by doing all these different things it's like one issue that's not dealt with will be cause a bigger issue like if your car tire is flat and you just keep driving on it you have a rim problem the next thing you look at and it just gets progressively worse over time so um just like you were talking about the uh, food, not eating uh, healthy enough and not getting the proper rest. All of these things started from something that has been unresolved and undealt with. So um, you, so does this also these things that parents may overload their kids with and, you know, all these different things, does that also cause burnout within the child? It can, yes. Um, and youth burnout is, is problematic because the kids are, are stressed and running around for everything. Just think about it. Here's, here's that boy. You know, he got up early to go to school and went to school all day, got home, had to jam through his homework pretty quickly because dad has to get him to the music lessons by 6.30 p.m. 
and of course, sometimes eat dinner as well, unless they just swung through the fast food restaurant and gave the kid fast food too. So all of a sudden you're, you know, giving, uh, you know, not nutritional food to your kid now as well, jamming into the guitar sessions and then leaving from there, heading home. If they didn't finish their homework, then they got to do that. Then they got to go to bed because you got to get up in the morning to go to school. The kid has been going nonstop all day. No time to just kind of sit around and play and be creative or, whatever the case may be, you know, when I, when I saw it, I mean, you know, I, you know, I was observing it. What, you know, normally things like that, I don't typically pick up on right away, but for some reason I noticed it and it was bothersome to me. And then as I, you know, look around and see, you know, parents post on social media and all of that stuff, you know, taking, you know, their kids to, you know, two softball, they're on two softball teams. So they're driving all over the state and whatnot. You know, I'm thinking to myself, great that you're helping your kid out that way but shortchanging yourself as a parent isn't helping any matters and you're not really helping the kid out as well um yes they're going to get skills and all of that by playing with two different teams that's great but uh, you're going to stress them out and quite frankly from a physical standpoint if you're not allowing their body to rest and recoup from playing a game if they're playing double games the likelihood of them getting injured increases. And all of a sudden, they're not going to be able to play any games just because you wanted them to be on two teams instead of one. You know, again, I'm, I'm not trying to be critical of parents. I just want them to think about it and look at a big picture and take a step back and ask themselves, why is it important that my kid is on two teams? What's the benefit of it? Okay, what's the cost? What's the investment? And a lot of people don't bother looking at the cost or the investments. They just say, we're just going to do it. And maybe it's a case for them to get out of the house because they don't like being at home either. Maybe they're trying to escape some demons without digging in and asking these things. That's, you know, this is where the therapist in me start come comes through and going, okay, well, you know, why, you know, why do you do it that way? And a lot of people don't ask themselves why they do things. They just do them. And I would assume in this pandemic that we've been in, you know, people spending more time at home, uh, much more time than they would normally spend uh, pre-pandemic, of course. So watching TV and for kids and adults these days playing video games, how has that, is that a help or is that more of a hindrance to more video games than an adult or child plays when it's in relation to burnout? Uh, it can be definitely a hindrance. I, I'm I'm not against video games at all. I think you know, they are for leisure purposes, as with everything in moderation is good uh, for people that are constantly working and doing things like that. You know, video gaming is a way for them to kind of take a step back and, and play. And, you know, when we were younger, you know, some of us played with action figures if we're a male or, you know, dolls if we're a girl or tanks or trucks or Barbie houses or coloring or drawing or doing all those kind of things uh, as children and technology have come along a lot more people are on smart devices you know tablets and smartphones and they're playing games on those and again don't have a problem with that as long as it's in moderation but again the sitting around and just relaxing and not doing a whole lot not multitasking because i see that too where people have netflix on they'll be on their phone they'll be on their computer um, they got music playing in the background. They've got you know, five or six different things going on. It's like, okay, which one are you focusing on? Because you can't focus on all of them. It's not possible. And, I, and then it's, that's creating you know, stressful situations as well because, it, again, as a society, so many of us have forgotten how to relax. And this pandemic has created an amazing opportunity for people to relearn how to relax, take a step back. A phrase that someone I talked to a few months ago, uh, when we're, you know, in the early days of the pandemic, said, you know, this is an opportunity, and she referred to this as the Great Reset. It's an opportunity for us to take a step back, look how our life is, look how we are living our life, figure out, is it working for us? Are we happy and fulfilled with the way our life is right now? If we're not, we can change it. It's our life. We have control of it. A lot of people, for some reason, don't think they can. 
And you can. You can make some adjustments in your life. Doesn't mean you need to reset everything, but some people are taking the opportunity to do just that. You know, the, the number of people that are moving during this pandemic is amazing. You know, the mortgage industry is definitely an industry that's burning up because there's a lot of mortgage brokers that are working 16, 18 hour days just to process all the mortgage applications. A lot of people are moving and there's a lot of reasons why, because maybe they don't have to live in the city where they work anymore. They can work remotely, or maybe they realize after being home so much that the house that they live in isn't the right house for them, or it's too big or it's too small. And um, there's a lot of people I know that have moved during this time. Thankfully I haven't because I've moved enough in my life. I'm, I, I, I don't shake when I see a U-Haul truck anymore, but um, <laughs> I, st- I, I look at it in a, with a grimacing look. And nothing against U-Haul or Ryder or Penske or any of those moving companies. I'm thankful they exist. You know, I, I've used all their services at some point in my life, um, and I know a lot of people use them every day. But for me, it's like, no, I don't need to move. I'm, I'm happy where I'm at. It's, it's a good place for me. And um, and you know, for people, you know, if their place isn't good for them, they can find one that is, then, you know, by mean, by all means do it. Uh, but yeah, it's again, going back to what I said earlier, we need time to just be bored and not necessarily do anything for a few minutes. It doesn't have to be six hours of it, you know, even you know, 20 minutes just to kind of sit and, you know, look out the window or go outside for a walk and not have our smartphone in our hand looking at it while we're walking. You know, just kind of escape from all of it and just you know, get, you know, get intimate with our thoughts and, and see what we're thinking about and see what comes to mind. Uh, for me, uh, an exercise that I do, it, it helps when you have a dog because you walk outside more when you have a dog, uh, especially at nighttime before bedtime. You know, I'll, I'll reflect on my day and say, okay, what, you know, what went well today? What, you know, what conversations did I have that I enjoyed? You know, obviously our conversation today will be, you know, on top of the list with that. And I don't dwell too much on anything that didn't go well today, if there was anything. Um, but, you know, maybe a bad conversation or, you know, a misunderstanding or something else. You know, maybe I didn't like dinner as much. Who knows? But I don't, I don't dwell on those bad things. I focus on you know, the positive stuff and go, wow, that was great. Okay, what made it great? And, and you, you talk about those things in your head. And then when you turn in, you've kind of programmed your head of thinking positive. That was a great day. Not, I'm not stewing about anything. I can go to sleep and it helps. It's helped my sleep quite a bit too. Just having that daily debrief with myself and, and focusing on the positive things that, that went well. And you know, so that way tomorrow I'll wake up refreshed and, and, and be happy with, you know, the way life is going. Yeah, I, I agree. I believe that's the fearful part of, many people today sad to say of the fearfulness of not doing something Mm -hmm. being bored not just just simply being is just too much and especially i guess it would be more exacerbated during this pandemic time just being home more and um not doing something could feel probably like almost like a (laughs) A sentence to prison or something for uh, some adults and children, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, like I said before, we've forgotten how to be bored and we need to remember how to do that because when we do that, again, that's where creativity comes in. You know, we've always heard, you know, a lot of our thoughts come to us when we're in the shower. Well, it's, yes. it's because we're doing a singular action we're, and we're in there. You know, we're getting cleaned up and all that. We're not watching television. We're not doing a lot unless you've got a television in your shower, which I know some people do. That's fine. I've been in hotel. <laughs> I've been in hotels that have had them. And then, you know, I'm in there watching CNBC or something. And, you know, next thing you know, I've been in the shower for 25 minutes. I'm like, okay, well, this is why I look all wrinkled because I've been in the shower way too long <laughs> and wasted way too much water. I'm not doing my part to save the planet there. Now am I? So, but those thoughts come to mind and, you know, clarity and cause you're in a more relaxed state. Uh, cause when you're cleaning yourself up, it, you feel better. Uh, and, and it's one of those things where when you're in a relaxed state and you're not necessarily doing something, 
sometimes thoughts will come to mind. Yes. You know, if you've got some past traumas and things to, you know, address, then unfortunately those might come to mind. And if they do, then I do recommend that you seek out, you know, you know to work with, you know, a therapist of some sort uh, and help you go through those things because uh, it'll make a big difference when you kind of addressed, you know, those things that come you know, from past experiences and past issues that you've had in your life. Um, I have myself, you know, I've used therapy before and it helps work through some things that, you know, have happened in the past, but when you relax, you're calm, which means your blood pressure lowers, which means you're not feeling stress or tension in your shoulders. Uh, and you're just, you're existing, you're breathing, your breathing slows down, you feel better and you can approach things. Even if you're having a challenging day, just taking a few moments just to collect your thoughts and relax a few minutes makes it easier for you to navigate through whatever challenges you're going to face in the day and also gives you more clarity. You'll actually see things a little clearer than if you're all tensed up and, and stressed out about a situation. You won't see or hear things as clearly than if you are relaxed and calm and able to address it uh, from a more even keel. True. Yeah, no, um, uh, you mentioned about doing multiple things and uh, still not accomplishing uh, in the workforce, of course, still not accomplishing as much work if we were more singular in our approach and doing things. So it's like um, uh, Abraham Lincoln has this quote. He said, I don't walk fast, but I never walk backwards. Mm. So when we are divided in our minds of, you know, trying to multitask, especially during this pandemic time frame, like you got parents that are working from home and trying to deal with the kids and all these multiple things going on, which need to be done. It's we just, they just have to be smart and intentional. So they won't become burnout, uh, of course. And what, when a person has recognized or they've been, uh, the awareness someone has told them, a family member, a loved one, and say, hold, hold on, you're burned out or a boss or whatever. Once they recognize they are burned out, what should they do? Some key things that they can focus on that can help with their burnout right away. Because um, a lot of people think, well, if I'm burned out, I'm going to be burned out for, for months and months. And that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. One, focus on your sleep. Uh, and you know, we talked about that a little while ago. Uh, I encourage people if, to buy the best mattress that they can afford. And my mom recently bought a brand new bed and she bought one of those adjustable beds, paid over $3,000 for this bed with a mattress. Now she's never paid that kind of money for a bed before. Um, but her sleep has dramatically improved and she's got some health issues and whatnot. And sleeping has been a problem for, for some time. She's sleeping better. And mm -hmm. she's mad that she didn't buy the bed earlier. And she really <laughs> is like, you know, buying, you know, the right pillows. And, you know, there's in the kind of building I live in. There's a couple that I know pretty well. Um, and, you know, they uh, about a month or two ago, actually, yeah, it was a couple months ago. Uh, the, the husband came back and he was bringing back two pillows. And each of those pillows cost $225 each. Now, I know a lot of people will buy their pillows at Walmart and pay two bucks for them. <laughs> this guy dropped, you know, almost $500 on two pillows because him and his wife love them. They sleep amazingly. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and buy a $200 pillow. Go find a, <laughs> go find a pillow that works for you that helps you get sleep. Um, sleep is critical. You get good night's sleep. It's such a big deal as far as helping you you know, with dealing with stress and repairing your damage and, and just living a happier, healthier lifestyle. Uh, tying in with that is I always recommend people work with a nutritionist or a dietitian to find out what food intolerances you have. I'm not telling you to go there because they're going to yell at you because you eat fast food all the time. That's not what I'm trying to do here. Find out what kind of food intolerances you have because you have food intolerances that impacts your gut and your gut bacteria and your digestive system which can keep you up at night or not have the best restful sleep. A lot, you know, a lot of people 
you know, have all the best mattresses and all that stuff, but their gut system is a little out of whack based on what they eat. And they don't realize that they have some food intolerances of what they eat. I have a potato allergy. So I do my best to limit potato intake because it does, it congests me basically it gives me you know, kind of like I have seasonal allergies kind of situation. So it's not severe, but if you're not breathing well, that impacts your sleep. So, you know, I have to limit, you know, the intake of those things. And, you know, there's a couple into other intolerances that I have that I'm aware of. So I don't have those things in my diet, which means it helps with my sleep. Uh, another thing, and we've talked about this as well, make sure you're doing things in life you enjoy doing. You know, and even during this pandemic, I know there's a lot of things that we haven't been able to do, but there's still things that you like doing that you can do. You know, whether it's having coffee with a friend that, you know, keep them six feet apart. I see a lot of people around town that are in their cars and they're parked like a couple parking spots away from each other. They're wearing their masks and they're talking with their friends. So they're meeting up with their friends. They're just, you know, keeping a distance from each other or phone calls or even Zoom calls just to keep in contact with loved ones and you know, nature trail hikes or shopping or watching Netflix or playing music or anything that you like doing that fulfills you, you know, do those things, make sure you do those a lot and schedule those. Don't, don't skip them because that's when the stress will come up. Um, and, you know, really get clear on when you're working and when you're not set a hard end to your work day. And with this working from home, a lot of people haven't been doing that. They just work until, okay, I'm done. No, set an alarm. And whatever time makes sense for you, but not two minutes before you go to bed, you want hopefully at least a couple hours before you go to bed and put, you know, put the work away. You know, if, if you use your smartphone for work, put the smartphone away. Don't worry. You're not going to miss anything. The work will be there in the morning. I promise. Um, do the, you do those things. They're subtle, but you can do them and they don't cost anything other than some effort. And when you do that, uh, it, it helps reduce the stress in your life, you start feeling better. And if you don't have stress, you won't burn out. Burnout needs prolonged stress in order to have burnout. If you don't have prolonged stress, you, you won't burn out. And you address those things just by doing the, those few subtle things it makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, those are some good pointers. So sleep, nutrition of it, nutritionist, and also uh, setting that hard deadline. Well, you know, really don't allow work to bleed into your personal time. Keep work separate. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you find out of your food intolerance um, through a nutritionist? I, I, for me, I went to an allergist because I okay. noticed, and I've worked with nutritionists as well on other things, um, but I went to an allergist because um, I grew up, I had allergies as a kid, uh, mostly seasonal allergies, you know, you, you know, tree pollen and dust and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, the trees that create, you know, oxygen for all us to stay alive, well, um, the, the pollen from those things sometimes gives me some seasonal allergies, but I, I, I'm willing to deal with it because oxygen is pretty important to us from what I've heard. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but for me, I, I, I noticed um, just that, you know, in my, it's when, when I'd eat certain foods, I'm like, I don't feel good. And I'm like, okay, wonders there's maybe an ingredient or something that they were using or something like that. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to go and get tested. And I remember telling the uh, person that was running the test, I said, can you test for potato allergy? And they thought I had three heads. And what? I said, can you test for a potato allergy? And I said, yeah. So they, you know, they, they figured out whatever they had to do for potato allergy and they did it and they went, holy crap. I'm like what? <laughs> I said, you're allergic to potatoes. I said, that's what I thought. So it's like, do you want to be, are, are you, an, are you an allergist? No, well, I just have allergies. I'm, I just had a, a funny suspicion that I was allergic to them. So what happens to you when you have it? I said, I get nasal congestion. It's like, I, you know, I've got, I'm really congested from it. Oh, well, quit eating potatoes. I'm like, I'm, I've got Irish heritage. That's cruel. You know, we should, you know, <laughs> Irish people, uh, 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 potatoes, come on. Uh, but, you know, it's like a cruel joke, but it's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just limit. Sweet potatoes don't really give me a problem. So, you know, I've got a backup, so I'm, I'm good on that. But uh, but for me, I, you, know, you can work with an allergist or a nutritionist. 
Um, and again, with uh, the key point too is not only to figure out the food intolerances, but figure out the foods that you like that give you the natural energy, so you don't need that two p.m. jolt of coffee or you know energy drinks or things like that throughout the day. Because I know a lot of people consume a lot of those things. If you're eating foods that you like that give you natural energy, you won't need those, um, and that you're much better off by you know addressing you know, your energy levels through nutrition and not from a, a quick five minute jolt of energy from an artificial mechanism. Uh, you'll, you'll be a lot better and you won't have the hard crashes as well. Yeah. So, um, I know we're talking about burnout and, you know, things that people could do, um, once we recognize that, you know, once they recognize they are burned out or it's been brought to their attention, so are there long-lasting physical effects of uh, being burned out? Or is that could be, even if a person is feeling, you know, because I know things that happen within us, even if it's even psychologically, it causes a physical uh, reaction a lot of times. Uh, it could cause high blood pressure, hypertension, uh, physical, various physical ailments. Uh, are these things... Uh, I guess could be reversed once the person begin to set their, uh, get rid of the stress mm -hmm. and begin doing different things. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely can. You know, obviously the, you know, prolonged stress can lead to a variety of physical ailments, um, hair loss, for example, weight gain or weight loss, uh, depending on situations, as you mentioned, high blood pressure, hypertension, things like that. In my situation for me and my burnout, you know, ended up leading to me having a heart attack back in 2009 and I was 40 years old. That's pretty young to have a heart attack and it almost killed me. So I'm very fortunate to still be alive. But you, to answer your follow-up question on that, you know, I was on, you know, a thousand dollar a month medication uh, for, uh, you know, a couple of years after my heart attack and, you know, the side effects from that I did not like. So I said, okay, I need to get off of this medication. What do I need to do in order to do that? And I had to make changes in, in my life and what I ate and uh, activity levels and all of that. And now I don't take any of those medications because I don't need to. I take vitamins and supplements that for me that I need um, to you know, make sure that I stay healthy and keep my heart healthy and all of that. But, um, I'm, you know, the, the, so yes, you can repair the damage. Um, you know, even, you know, like you know, people see in my pictures, you know, I shave my head, you know, my, you know, I've got, you know, the, the male pattern baldness on the top of my head, but if I don't shave my head after a few days, you know, the hair pretty much grows everywhere else, except kind of in the top part of my head, although hair still grows there, albeit slower. Now, that has been something that's actually um, a repairing of things in a way, too, because before there really wasn't hair growing out of those areas. Now they do. Am I going to not, you know, shave my head and let my hair grow back? No, I, I, I love the fact that I save a ton of money on shampoo, so I don't have to I don't have to style it or gel or the latest hairstyle. It's like this is the hairstyle I got and this is what I'm working with. It works for me and I and. I love it. It's it's great, and um, probably should have done it earlier in life, but I was a little scared too because I'm like, I don't know what my head's going to look like bald. Well, I figured it out. It's like, that's eh, not bad. I don't hate looking at myself, which is good. Um, but yes, you can you can repair the damage. You know, it takes time because um, just like anything, like you have weight gain. Well, you didn't put that weight on in a couple of weeks. Don't anticipate that you're going to lose it in a couple of weeks. You change some habits a little bit and reprogram your body a little bit on how to, you know, deal with the foods that you eat. And then over time, you know, you lose a pound, you know, a month or something, that's, you know, 12 pounds in a year or a couple pounds. That's, you know, 20 something pounds. That's noticeable for most people. So um, the subtle changes and little tweaks here and there um, go a long way um, and easier to implement than trying to do big changes all at once. And that's something I always recommend people to avoid is don't try to change a bunch of stuff at once that your, your body's going to reject it. You're, you're not going to want to do it. You're going to lose momentum, you know, pick, pick one thing to make an improvement on. And once you get there, then you can, you know, pick next on the list. And when you do that, 
it's more sustainable and it'll, it'll stay with you for the rest of your days. Yeah, I agree. I really agree with that. Small changes create big rewards for us, you know, um, versus trying to do some great big thing or various things at one time. Um, people are known for one thing, usually a small thing that they did and they become, it became greater over time and they build on it. Just like even health changing, uh, your nutrition. Um, I remember as a teenager, I stopped drinking soda Mm -hmm. and, you know, I stopped at some point, I stopped eating fried foods as I got understanding and knowledge of foods and different things. Then I began drinking water. And then I started drinking a gallon of water each day. And then uh, more fruits, vegetables, learning the different types of fruits and vegetables. So over time, you look back, like you said, over the year, if if you shed one pound a month, you got 12 pounds less Mm -hmm. that you would not have gotten to it had you not made that decision. You did uh, two pounds, that's 24 pounds in a year. So you have these noticeable uh, differences just by doing something small. So uh, what do you think about exercise? Um, Because I know people who exercise, uh, it really, physical exercise, you know, it doesn't have to be for a real prolonged period of time, but just the doing of it consistently, is helpful for um, releasing stress as well. It's, it's critical. And I know a lot of people, um, especially during this pandemic have, have started, you know, exercising because they've got the time and it's, it's helping them, you know, minimize the stress that they have because your, your body, when you're exercising, you're actually, you know, burning off calories and your you know, extent, you know, your muscles are there. So you, you have more muscle mass, which helps, um, you know, fight off some of the stress as well. It gives you some endorphins and, and, and everything that makes you just feel better. You feel better. Um, and it's important if you haven't exercised before there's in, in your home because of the pandemic and whatnot, there are, I don't want to say a billion, but there are a ton of exercise videos you can watch on YouTube. So you don't have to pay for anything, but I do recommend that you work with your medical provider. Don't just take up a new exercise routine um, and injure yourself and end up having to go to the hospital because that's the last place you want to go right now. You don't want to go to the hospital because with the COVID cases and all that, we want to reserve our hospital resources for people that truly need, um, care, um, whether it's from COVID or cancer treatments or emergency situations, not from, you know, injuring ourselves and trying to learn new exercise routines, you know, go, go at it slow. You know, reach out to your, your medical provider. You know, I'm sure many of them are doing virtual calls. You can say, this is what I want to do. I want to take up some exercise. What can I, what should I focus on? And they'll give you some things to do and you can ease into it. And then as time goes on, you, know, you can, you can, you know, take up new, new routines and whatnot. Again, you know, most, most of the exercises on the videos that I see are, you know, are obviously free and, you don't need a ton of equipment, you know, maybe a couple little things here and there, uh, and, and it'll make a big difference. And because again, for those of us that do go to the gym, you know, a lot of our gyms have been closed during the pandemic. So you know, we've lost out on that. So we have to improvise and, and do some other types of activity, but it's, it's critical. It's really critical to be active as much as you can. Um, because again, that helps, you know, fight off stress as well. Yeah. So how can people get in contact with you for your services? Yeah, the best way to find me is breakfastleadership.com is the website. My email uh, goes directly to me as Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at breakfastleadership.com. And I'm on most of the social media channels. Just look under Breakfast Leadership or B, the letter B, and then Fast Leadership. Uh, you should be able to find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. So happy to have a chat with you. You know, talk with you or if your organization, you know, wants to, you know, help kind of reduce the stress of your employees. Uh, I work with a lot of organizations and, and help their teams kind of get, you know, back to, you know, being themselves and a little bit healthier, which impacts all the things that we buy, you know, the products and services that we buy as consumers. When you buy them from companies that have happy, healthy employees, you get better products and services. So it has a huge positive ripple effect to prevent burnout uh, in your organization. 
Uh, and what's the name of your podcast? The Breakfast Leadership Show. Um, it's available on all the major platforms. Uh, and you know, I get to interview some amazing guests. I got to get you on the show too. So I'll send you a note. Um, uh, since I got your email, I'll, I'll you got to get you on the show as well. Um, but yeah, I get to interview some amazing world leaders and people all walks of life from you know, former conductor of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra to NASA astronauts, to Harvard professors, to small business leaders, to military moms, to veterans, to you, know, you name it, you know, and thought leaders in every space under the sun. And they all have great, great wisdom to share on how they became successful, what the challenges they faced and, how they are able to do the things that they want to do and still enjoy life. And that's the thing you want people to be able to enjoy life. You want, you know, yes, labor is important. It, it helps um, generate revenue for you to be able to do things you want to do, but you want to you know, harmonize both of them. So you enjoy all aspects of life. And, you know, the people that I interview all demonstrate that for sure. Yeah. So, What's your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave our audience with? I think if there's anything, you know, focus on getting a good night's sleep. Uh, keep the smartphone out of your bedroom. Buy an alarm clock if you need to. Um, get really good sleep, you know, good, healthy, restful sleep. It makes such a big difference when you wake up in the morning. Even if it's Monday morning, uh, you're, you're not as, oh, it's Monday morning. You might still do that, but your body will feel better. And if you start off your days feeling better, you're going to have better days. Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.